quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome one, welcome all to Donna Mantis, where you can find us online at www.donnamantis.com, also on Twitter and YouTube. If you just type in that little at symbol, that's the A with a little circle around it, at Donna Mantis. We have a Patreon if you're interested in that. We've got a lot of tiers on there. We're going to add more. Uh, so um, just uh, get on there and message us and let us know how we're doing. Joe, how's it going tonight? It's going so good. Hey there, everybody out in podcast land. Lend us your ears and maybe your hand. <laughs> we'll lead you into a world of universal health care. <laughs> I don't know. Health care? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of it. I was going to say, like, entertainment. Oh, okay. But nothing okay. rhymes with entertainment. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about the rhyme scheme thing. Yeah. I was just like, universal. Oh, my, my friend. He's he's out on a limb. He needs help. Healthcare. <laughs> we'll guide you through a forest of interesting stories. I don't know. Of interesting stories. <laughs> I, I wanted to. I wanted it to rhyme. So. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's everyone doing out there? <laughs> we're silly tonight. You're yeah. such a silly goodilly. It's okay. Have you ever heard a, heard a kid say that? It's a it's a cute thing. A silly goodilly. Yeah, I've heard a couple kids say that. I've never heard that. Let's be from a show. You silly goodilly. Never heard that in my it's life. It's probably, let us know where that's from, folks. I don't want to Google it. I'm too lazy right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's going on? Tonight is really going to be fun. And it's going to be, I didn't know this until we first started it, <laughs> until I started doing the old, uh, that didn't make sense, did it? Yeah, anyway. you said it's going to be fun. And I, th- I immediately thought what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, that's probably <laughs> not. Damn, I'm I'm a dark son of a bitch. We're Listen. talking about famous movie deaths. <laughs> Seriously, we are. It is, yeah. And, and that I had to explain that. I didn't want to dangle that carrot out there too long because I know I know people listen. So, yeah, the reason why I looked at Joe weird when he said that, of course, you couldn't see that, but you could hear that. You could hear that I was looking at him weird. Is because it's going to be fun tonight. And I was thinking, tragic movie accidents and deaths. I meant interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, inter interesting is fun. Learning is fun. Yeah, it is. And I tell you what, we are going to start way back in the silent film era in the beginning, and we're going to work our way up to modern day. Let's. Yeah, I, I, this is going to be cool. We were talking about this today, and I was talking about one of my favorite. I didn't know if I mentioned that mentioned that to you. What the movie I was telling you about was one of my favorite movies, or is one of my favorite movies. Oh, go ahead, say. I know. Say well, it. Flight of the Phoenix. Yes. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. James Stewart. So the best, or Jimmy Stewart. I, I think he was called James too, but uh, so they crash in the desert and uh, they um, fix up the plane, cut off one of the wings, make a new plane out of it, um, put it back together. It's kind of, it's all weird. And they're working with this guy that claims he's an airplane engineer. Mm, yes. So they're working and working, and working. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, uh, well, before they take off, uh, it's, it's one of those things where all, you know, the tension you cut it with a knife everyone's stressed out if this thing's gonna work you know 
there's someone sick, they have to leave immediately or that person's going to die. I think, I think that's how it went. And through it all, his guiding hand, like he's the expert. He's yeah. the one that knows they go to him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And then, uh, he lets it, well, I don't think he's trying to keep it from him, but he basically informs <laughs> them that he works on model airplanes. <laughs> he's a really intelligent guy. And I'd love to know the actor's name. I should look that up. Uh, because he's a great actor. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else though, but he played that part very well. Mm-hmm. And then, it's so funny that the in just the type of person this guy is, like Jimmy Stewart lo- is looking at him like he'd kill him, you know. Yes, yeah. But then that guy looks back at him like the aerodynamics are the same; they're yeah. just scaled up. You know, he he can't understand why he's so frustrated. Yeah, it's ve- basic. You know, it, that could explain a lot of what's what happens in the world. You know, it's just like polar opposites you know yeah and so a lot of people don't know ivan knew and he brought this up and i added it to the notes uh someone died during the making of that film uh little do a lot of you know and i didn't until i started researching this but people have died in the making of hundreds yeah of films now we're not going to cover every one but i like i said we're going to start back at the yeah. silent film era tonight we're going to go from silent film era to about 1970 and then we're going to do a part two and maybe a part three because there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, and we'll talk about it more as we get into it. But I would imagine, um, you know, the ever we talked about it last week at the after after the after show, basically uh, the ever vile OSHA that everyone kind of complains about. <laughs> you know, oh OSHA, they make me stand on this and I buckle this strap onto this, you know, uh, rail so yeah. I won't fall and it makes my job harder. But which I mean, I'm not I'm not doubting that. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's like a necessary evil, obviously, because we're going to talk about how some of these things probably could could have been prevented if maybe there was a, you know, like a safety initiative that was overarching all of it, you know. So for people that are saying, oh, OSHA stands for old saggy horse ass or something <laughs> they, they do serve a purpose and a lot of yeah, the yeah for sure a lot of the tragedies we're about to cover did spur legislation and, and laws and rules yeah you know in into uh into being to protect people in this line of you work. know going on that tangent just a little bit more from just being a regular like regular employee not not a manager or anything at one point in my life just kind of a a peon making it happen right in the in, in the trenches <laughs> yeah. there is something to be said for how like osha i wasn't ever really afraid of osha and it's like some of my employees it's almost like they were afraid of them coming in and busting them but i always thought of it this way even when i was a idiot kid like you're not going to get in trouble by osha like the company is now mm. I, I feel like the company has this initiative uh, like some of the bigger bosses, they just get mad because OSHA costs them more money and probably kills pro- productivity to, to, to some degree. To say, and, yeah. and maybe maybe a lot, you know. I mean, hey, why can't we just, you know, why can't we throw the, the powder in the Skittle maker? Uh, oh, well, there's <laughs> that guy that got his hand ripped off, you know. Uh, that really slows it down. We have to stand back four feet and use a shovel, you know. It's like, I, I don't know. Just because one asshole had to lose his hand. Yeah, old lefty had to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's like the bigger bosses. Sometimes they, they kind of push that off into their employees to where they don't like OSHA. Yes. Yeah. I kind of got that feeling. I can see that. It's like, yeah. why, you know, 
You make nothing. I make nothing. Why do we care about OSHA? The boogeyman at my job is not OSHA, but it is the DEQ, the Department yeah, of DEQ. Environmental Quality. And uh, unlike what your situation was, I am solely responsible. Yeah. See, at, at a well, because tr- license. You're yes. Licensed. At a yeah. treatment plant, yeah. I am sure. the manager there. Uh, I am the only person there, but I'm the highest licensed person there. I'm but the only. Would you say but, the accountability in most, not all, but would you say the accountability in most cases is just because it's basically like if you do the way the things you're supposed to do the right way, it'll be fine, right? Oh yeah, and I I get surprise inspections. I've had them several times. I've aced them all. Uh, it's just a thing. You, people know what to do, and sure. you know, people in my line of work know what to do, and they know how to do it and to do things safely and you know what things not to skew numbers exactly oh no you can literally go to jail yeah you can literally get fined and go to jail because this is health you're yeah Yeah. this is yeah yeah you're putting hundreds of thousands of i put almost well let's see about seven hundred fifty thousand gallons to nine hundred thousand gallons a day into the river of water and yeah you know so it there cannot be any wiggle room there well maybe it's clean yeah Yeah. (laughs) it looks clean yeah yeah i'm gonna record you can leave it going but i'm going to cover our asses and record this we're doing a backup recording recording. hey there's some insider information uh for you guys we've had a couple of glitches that have wiped out some of our stuff glitches be crazy we yeah that's right so we are uh backup it so we're recording this twice okay Uh, yeah and so uh, i'll tell you guys right off hand a lot of the movies we're going to be talking about that the incidents happened on the sets of uh right now uh you won't know a lot of them don't let that deter you from listening because i found it incredibly fascinating the, the backstories that go with some of these and you know just because you maybe don't know the the actor or the movie or something doesn't mean that it can't be a really fascinating story that's not our listeners that's that's uh listeners of other podcasts that yeah. get worked up about little things and well that doesn't pertain to me that's not our listeners our listeners aren't so picky they eat the they try the broccoli before they tell their parents they don't like it. That's what our listeners are like. Okay. I forgot that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. I'd stuck up for you guys. <laughs> so you ready to take off on Let's this magical go. journey? Roll with it. Believe it or not, people have been making films since the late eighteen hundreds. That means that people have been shuffling into Nickelodeons, cinemas, and theaters for about a hundred and thirty years to temporarily escape their everyday lives by losing losing themselves in a movie. From the very first silent era stunts of Buster Keaton, Helen Gibson, and Harry Lloyd, to the early shoot-em-ups of Roy Rogers, The Lone Ranger, John Wayne, Tom Mix, and Tex Ritter, to modern-day era action-packed thrillers such as the Mission Impossible series, series that is, and John Wick, the art of making films has always had one thing in common, danger. And Buster Keaton did not die in a film that he made. Nope. Miraculous that he did He lived to be an old man. I mean, just to watch a couple of those... I mean, he should have been dead. Yeah. We're going to we're going to get into that. I like Chaplin too, but his is a different type. I mean, it's the same type, but the Keaton stunts were insane. Insane. Yeah. He is my by I mean, we've went over this before on yeah. the podcast. He is yeah. by far my favorite yeah. silent film era actor. Yeah. I I like both of them. I I like the kind of the art of Chaplin, but I but the stunts of Keaton, you know, I, I I could go back and forth between those. Two. You could fill up a full sheet of paper writing down Buster Keaton's uh, injuries <laughs> over his career. Nuts! Did Insane. you see the one where they where he where he got married and they built this house? Oh yeah, I already know what you're gonna say. Go That's ahead. an awesome one. So they built this. He it was like 
it was uh, build your own house and it came in like crates and it had like instructions and the instructions were like, they did a pan on the instructions and it's that so, movie was steamboat bill jr. This yeah. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. So, uh, they, they, he built it and it was like, nothing was square and like it got windy and it started spinning. And like, of course it was the, the stunt to where the wall falls, but he's standing in the window. I mean that if, if, if I could watch it fall 20 times and then be like, look, okay, we're going to draw next. That's where you need to stand. Okay. We'll, we'll make it fall again. See right there, right there, and they do it. For, I still wouldn't. I do still it. wouldn't do it because <laughs> this crazy. was not a prop cardboard. This was a two by four. This was a two or three ton actual wall, two and, by fours with siding and doors and windows. And for the shop people there, that that for the woodworkers, two by four then was actually a two by four. I mean, yes. it's a big honking piece of wood, not that one and a half you. by three and a half. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. There's some technical stuff. And even non-action, we'll see, like, Steamboat Bill Jr. was a comedy, mm-hmm. and there was danger in that. Um, and there have been, we'll cover a lot of deaths that occurred, and, I mean, even for a, non-action films like rom-coms and, and stuff like that, there have, there, there was, Interesting. there's Someone been deaths. Someone died in a rom-com. Yeah, it's happened. Wow. We'll get into it. Oh, well. Someone yeah. died in a commercial, a yeah. car commercial. Really? While making, yes, we'll man, get into that too. I love this podcast. I'm telling you, man. Can't wait. <laughs> I, I'm I instantly I'm gonna subscribe now. I never have before. So hey, speaking of the really quickly the silent film era, and we'll get into this. But Harry Lloyd, look up people listening. Go to YouTube. Look up Safety Last. Have you ever seen the old silent film where he's climbing this clock tower and he is mm-hmm. literally hundreds of feet above? Oh, that in, that's on a clock. Christopher Lloyd's relative i was harry lloyd was they're related yeah in the beginning of back to the future you can see him hanging from a clock tower and i always thought it was a doc brown hanging from the clock tower but it's an homage to his relative that that is awesome yeah they're they're related okay well if you want to see so you know you got these videos i've seen that but i don't i don't yeah, keep it going. It was Harry yeah. Lloyd. Yeah, that's awesome. So these videos now where kids climb up on these really tall cranes and towers and they'll hang by hand and we're like freaking out. We were doing that 130 years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's so it's Harry yeah. Lloyd did that shit a long time Way ago. Way before TikTok. Yes. Yeah. So watch that safety last. It will make your palms sweat. Yeah. Awesome. I will. I'll check it out. Okay. I'd like to watch it again. I've seen bits and I've seen it in something, but I can't remember. But yeah, let's go. Okay. As the filmmaking process has progressed, it has certainly gotten safer. What with better safety equipment and CGI being utilized to artificially create a lot of the dangerous scenes. But the fact remains that as long as films are made, there will always be elements that will require a certain level of risk to create. Tonight, we will be discussing a few of the more notable injuries and deaths that have occurred in the filmmaking process. Several of these films are obscure or older, but you may be surprised to know Many of the movies you know and love have also had some pretty tragic accidents while filming. In fact, some films have had so many tragedies occur to the people associated with their production that they've spawned theories of a movie curse. Mm, Like The Omen, that's one. The Exorcist. Yeah. We'll talk about those later. Okay, so the first movie, and I said we're going to start back right at the very beginning. We were just talking about uh, Harry Lloyd. Mm-hmm. So he was filming a movie called Haunted Spooks in the nineteen in 1920, exactly. Uh, while filming, Lloyd picked up what was supposed to be a prop bomb and lit it. It ended up being a real bomb. It detonated and blew off his thumb and first finger of his right hand and temporarily blinded him. So this is the guy we were just talking about in Safety Last. (laughs) Wow. For the rest of his career, Lloyd concealed his missing fingers with a prosthetic glove. 
Wow. Now, I wonder if that was pre-safety last, because then that means he was hanging from that clock tower, missing one thumb and finger on one hand. Yeah. Which is even crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, we should. Here, I'll look that up as we're going. Okay, the next one we'll move on to uh, Buster Keaton, who we just talked about. Uh, While filming the 1924 comedy Sherlock Jr., my favorite silent film actor Buster Keaton fractured his neck in a scene in which a water tower released thousands of gallons of water and knocked him to the ground. In a testament to how tough the guy was, he didn't even know his neck was fractured until it was discovered in an unrelated x-ray 11 years later. (laughs) He just thought he'd cranked it real bad, but it it had been fractured. In a broken neck. Broken neck. Buster Keaton was was the man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you find out? 1923 was safety last. So it was after. Oh, my God. Because you said 1921. 1920. 20, yeah. So, yeah, it was after. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Three fingers on one hand. Hanging from the the hour hand of a clock tower hundreds of feet above the high, the street. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's but, crazy. you know, think about this. Probably the normal person, like your pinky is like super weak right i bet his pinky and his ring finger and his middle finger i bet they were super strong i bet they compensated compensated i bet (laughs) they compensated well right welcome to the rc podcast compensated this brought to you by fosters but anyway uh yeah (laughs) but yeah i bet they compensated uh with usage you know Mm -hmm. you would i bet so yeah i don't know i'm just just throwing that out there (laughs) (laughs) all right so the next one is hell's angels now howard hughes Oh, yeah. Yeah. This masterpiece from the legendary Howard Hughes was released in 1930 and suffered its fair share of injuries and death while filming, which to me is not even surprising considering the level of action. This It's a crazy, crazy film. I might have seen this, but keep going. Keep going. Stunt pilot Al Wilson had hit, had put his Sikorsky S-29A plane into an intentional tailspin and was unable to recover it. He successfully bailed out, but Phil Jones, who was riding in the rear went down with the plane. Stunt pilots Al Johnson and Clement Phillips were also killed in separate accidents. Even the film's eccentric director, Howard Hughes, who among many other things was also a daredevil pilot, was badly injured. So he'd asked his stuntmen to perform a really dangerous low-altitude maneuver, and they told him it couldn't be done, so not safely anyway. So Hughes decided to do it himself. Um, But his stuntmen were right, and it couldn't be done safely, and it crashed, and uh, Hughes got severe head injuries, and he had to have extensive plastic surgery to repair his damaged f- face. Wow. I yeah. wonder if they wanted to do low altitude to make it easy to film. I don't know. Because I would imagine, well, of course, you know, you know, the closer you get to the ground, the more you you see the ground go by fast. So, I mean, that really – it, it, one problem with, like, a real high altitude shot, if you're just flying, you're if you're away from everything and high up, it doesn't look like you're going that fast. Didn't you got to have something like you got to have something to to relative to consp- compare the speed to. Isn't that why during the filming of Hell's Angels, apart from not even talking about all the cameras, like up until that time, the studio thought that Hughes was nuts because he was asking for more cameras, more cameras up until that point. They I think I'm going to throw out a number, oh, but it was like yeah. four or five. Yeah. He wanted like 18 I kind of remember And they thought he was that. insane. Well, yeah. I remember reading that Hughes, they had to wait till cloudy days or till at least there were clouds in the sky because I remember him saying, you have to have something relative to the plane to oh, see yeah. how fast it's going and to see the you maneuvers know, I, and stuff. You know, that thought was almost too smart. I, I know I got that somewhere and that's probably where I got that from. Uh, Hughes was a genius. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't think of that on my own. There's no way. 
Well, no. that's almost anything I've ever said, though, right? Anything anyone's ever said. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. 2020. Like, everything's been done. Yeah, that's so. true. So, yeah. Yeah, the Simpsons <laughs> probably did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's cool. That's that's uh, that's awesome. And that's so they were right. It couldn't be done. No. It's like, okay. Yeah, he damn near died. And actually, it crushed one of his, I think, his left cheekbone, and, and that was never repaired. Oh, uh, okay. It was never able to be fully repaired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but oh, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. We need to do a, a whole... Uh, maybe a series on Howard Hughes. Yeah, yeah, the Spruce Goose. Yes, yeah. there's yeah. so much to cover with him. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting person for sure. So the next movie, Such Men Are Dangerous. Now, you've probably never heard of this 1930 film, which is sad since 10 men gave their lives to make it. Whoa. During filming of the final scenes, two Stinton Detroiter airplanes collided in midair, killing all on board the aircraft, both of them, including director Kenneth Hawks, Assistant Director Max Gold, Cinematographer Conrad Wells, George Eastman, Otto Jordan, and Ben Frankel. It's to the point to where, you know, you start hearing hearing these and, you know, CGI always gets a bad name, but um, it's like, well, okay, it's saving lives, and now it actually looks good. When it was first kind of, when they were first kind of trying it, you know, not I'm not crapping on Tron, but come on. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, but it was made to almost look like a video game. So maybe that's not a good example. But anyway, uh, but you got to you got to understand this, too. I mean, the people making this are spending. It's 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 like my my doctor rant that I like to do sometimes <laughs> where, you know, they think they think someone else and they don't they think, you know, the doctor in passing for cure, helping their relative or whatever. But yeah. uh Think about that, the training and the, the the talent of these people putting this CGI thing together. Yeah. Like the Lord of the Rings, the battles and all that stuff. For You know, they're not going to hire 20,000 people and have them fight in a field. Right. You know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. So it's, you know, they, they do like a, you know, 50th of that and then replicate it. Yeah, you do know. it in front of a green screen and then just throw it on there. Yeah, and then a lot of it's CGI. They each little character has AI, and we, we've talked about that before too. But just the talent level is awesome. Um, so you can crap on CGI, but it is safer, and and they're they're doing a great job about it. If you want to see the best that our CGI technology has to offer, <laughs> look up a movie called Bigfoot. Starring Danny Bonaducci and Barry Williams. Oh, and Cheryl Flynn. Or what Cheryl year Lynn would Flynn. that have been? Finn. Uh, it was only uh, 2012. Oh, okay. I'm saying that. What's well, so bad about it's it? It's soaked I, in sarcasm. I up, no, I, I picked up on it. It is the worst. Now, I love bad <laughs> movies. You know, like they're so bad they're good. Yeah, oh yeah. Especially yeah. the older cheesy low-budget B movies. I love them. Watch them all day long. This one's so bad. I've talked about it on the podcast before. But uh, it's just so bad. Everything What's it on where, it, we, where we could tune into this? What did was I see? Was it on Netflix on? or something? It was on something weird like Roku or, uh, okay. or okay. Uh, I don't remember what. We'll find something it. Weird. But we'll it's Bigfoot. It. 2012, Danny Bonaducci, Barry Williams, Sherilyn, Sherilyn Finn phoning it in. Uh, just doesn't. <laughs> no one cares. I think she was just there for the coffee and donuts. No one cares. No one cared about it. Even in the film, no one cared. Even the director or no, no one. No one. It's cared. so terrible. Somehow they got Alice Cooper to be in this just for a minute. He's playing yeah. a concert and then Bigfoot stomps on him. But anyway, yeah. it is the worst 
worst at the very end the very end <laughs> danny bonaducci and barry williams are on top of uh mount rushmore yeah and this bigfoot is like jumping from the head to head of the presidents and oh my god oh i it's just you know so i can bad. almost it's visualize delicious. how that looks <laughs> i see it as kind of grainy and the the figure's kind of like a silhouette but they put a little bit of detail on them and he's yeah. like jumping yeah, kinda, it's like the Sharknado movies. Yeah, yeah, I kind of picture that. I, I've watched every Sharknado movie. You have? I haven't I'm, watched one. I am proud. To, I'll watch them all again. I love them. Oh, let's have a Sharknado fest. I love them. Yeah, I'm built a little. I, I, we had an extra big screen TV in our bedroom that we just never used. So I built like a out of some wood. I just built a stand with wheels so I can roll it out in the front yard. Mm. So instead of projector, projector's okay, but you got to set up the screen. You got to set up the sound, and you get. get you can't. You have to wait till dark to watch it. Yeah, and it's like I want something kind of like that, but you know, more like easier and and you know. So yeah. I did the TV. So we should do that out in the yard. Do a Sharknado. Yes, yeah. this is suggested watching. We did it last time. I'll do it right now. Watch all the Sharknado movies. I think there's five now. <laughs> watch. It's got the guy from Nine Hundred Two One Zero, right? Yes. Okay. And Tara Reid. <laughs> okay. The train wreck. Yeah. Maybe not now though. Love God, love her. Bunny. Maybe she's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, okay, and then also watch Bigfoot, the Danny Bonaducci movie, and there's one called My Bloody Banjo. Look that up. Fantastic. Okay, ready? Is it British? Uh, yes. Hey, back on CGI, one more thing I want to say about that. I think CGI sometimes gets a bad rap because, like, imagine if they, like, okay, the director calls for this. Let's have a dragon swoop down, grab this guy, and fly off. Okay, so... Some some smart ass in the front row at the movie theater is like, looks fake. <laughs> and then I immediately want to say, oh, so the last time you saw a dragon fly in, yeah. grab a kid and fly off, it didn't look, you, you have no frame of reference on this. So that's what I think about CGI sometimes. I think like it's making things that we could never see that we would never see in, in, in a, a lot of times in a dimension that, we would never see or never be in. Yeah. So I'm not saying all of it is great, but you got to think about that a little bit. You got to think, you know, you know, how would we know if it's, if it looks (laughs) fake? Yeah. It might look fake because it's just not, it's not something real, real in our own world, you know? Yeah. So it's something I thought about one day. It may not be the most profound thing I've ever thought of, but you know, I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, I get it. No, the avatars look fake. Oh, as opposed to a real one, like you said, like there, it doesn't exist. So it is fake. It yeah, has to exactly, be. exactly. Now, if it's an oak tree, okay. Yeah, look, it looks fake. Uh, yeah, all right, I get it. But yeah, if you're talking about some yeah. Star Trek creature that they found on yeah, another exactly. planet, look, that Klingon looks fake. Yeah, I don't looks, know. Looks, looks fake. <laughs> I got an uncle that looks more like a Klingon. <laughs> I mean, maybe someone does. Yeah, that's maybe a, so. That's, yeah. Yeah, he was in a car wreck. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) His head went to the windshield. Klingon City is what he is now. We call him Gorn. Oh, my God. No, Gorn's something else. Gorn is the... No, Gorn was who... The the green... Yeah. I have a little action. Captain Kirk fought, right? Yeah, Yeah, I was just trying to think of a Klingon name. Oh. Worf. Yeah. Yeah, they're a Worf. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, sure, he was in Starfleet, but he was still Klingon. All right, we're getting nerdy. Here we go. Is a joke like he's, he's a fisherman? Fisherman's Wharf. Oh I don't my know. God. That's, uh, that's a bad. Oh, well, you almost made me drop the F bomb with it's that. It's the dad jokes. I hate this podcast with all the <laughs> damn dad jokes. It's like they're dads or something. It's like we're two middle aged dads. Yeah, I hate those It's just guys. who we are. Yeah. The next film is The Viking. 
So all deaths while filming are senseless, but the following seem even more so because the film was technically finished. After Ooh, filming commenced, yes, afterwards, real-life adventurer turned director Varric Frissel, uh, he's, his, uh, he was the director. Um, he decided he wanted to go back and get some more footage of ice flows and Labrador. Now that's in the Canadian province of Newfoundland or uh, province. Sorry. Yeah. He and his crew boarded an actual ship called the Viking to film during a seal hunting expedition. So during the voyage, the ship became trapped in ice and while trapped a large cache of dynamite on board, the vessel accidentally exploded, destroying it and killing 27 men including Frizzle himself and his cameraman, Alexander Penrod. Is it cachet or cash? Cachet? Uh, cash. Cash? C-A-C-H-E? Uh, it's just yeah, cash? cash. Good, yeah. then screw you guys. I got it. Yeah, it's like geocache. Yeah. Hey, um, what, what do they have dynamite for? Are they throwing it? No, I actually read up on that. Oh, okay. Just in case they got trapped, they could, uh, oh. blow, out, they could blow up the ice oh. that they were trapped in and then float through it. I was just thinking about a bunch of seals like laying on a piece of ice and they're like <laughs> and then what's what's that what's that fuse i see bugs bunny putting the dynamite in like a hot link and lighting it and then throwing it out and then the seal ain't i a stinker <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with some rocks and gold spray paint anyway <laughs> i really hate this podcast all the dad jokes and Bugs Bunny, really? Oh. Okay, ready? Unfollow. <laughs> this one is called The Charge of the Light Brigade. Now, it's a 1936 historical adventure film starring Errol Flynn. During oh, the, yeah. Yeah. During the, we'll talk about him more in a minute. During the filming of a cavalry charge sequence, a stuntman fell off his horse and impaled himself on a sword that had been dropped by another rider that had landed handle first. Oh, man. What are the odds of that? Oh, well, about 50-50, I guess. <laughs> yeah. S- handle or blade. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't setting myself up for a joke. I was just... I just, uh, you just worked that out in real time. No, yeah. I just made myself look like an idiot. But, but No, you did But I set myself up to make myself look like an idiot. No. So like, what are the odds of that? How many sides are on a sword? <laughs> oh, two. Anyway, hey, I worked it out at least. That's some Final Destination shit. Oh, that is. To yeah. me, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? What? It happened again. The same thing? Exactly the same the thing. The sword? Yes. Maybe the handles are really heavy. Even to a, in a movie that Errol Flynn was in. Really? Yes. That's the next one. They died with their boots on. It happened again. Just a few years later, American Western film. Uh, this also star- starred Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland, and it was released in 1941, so five years later. One of the extras on this film was legendary. Now, this before we get to the impaling, let's talk about this story. Okay. This one I'm talking about was so interesting. Legendary athlete Jim Thorpe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He dabbled in acting a little bit, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, although this first event wasn't an accident, Mr. Thorpe provides us with our first injury, <laughs> not death, but injury. So for a little backstory, Jim Thorpe was a proud Native American who had never been a fan of how Indians were portrayed in movies. So, you know, 30s and 40s, 50s, hell, even up till way after that, probably. Yeah. But but, but especially back then, the Indians were always just like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, but they were just kind of portrayed as. These goofy, well, even, I don't know. Even the other day when I was watching Peter Pan with my son, uh, oh yeah. At one point, the the uh, one of the boys from the one uh, 
maybe Michael, he was like, Indian Indians are cunning, but they're not incredibly bright. bright. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, wow. Yeah. You know, that's, Couldn't do uh, that today. Yeah. So they can survive like outside and live off the land and, and you know, you bring, you have all your food brought to you. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not trying to do, be like woke about that because obviously I didn't turn it off and tell my son, no, we can't watch this anymore. <laughs> but if he was older and if, if I was like watching him ride, be like, Hey, that's kind of racist what that guy just said. Yeah. And we would have talked about it a little bit and kept watching it and kept enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Oh, I didn't think to go online. <laughs> yeah. I could have gotten those people. And earned the, some brownie the, points myself. Yeah. From 40 years ago, 50, I don't know well, when that came out. But anyway, uh, yeah, I could have. I should have. <laughs> but it wouldn't have changed anything. I no. just realized that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so look, we've got Jim Thorpe, who is a proud Native American. Then we got Errol Flynn. Who was a bit of a smug narcissist, and he happened to be portraying General Custer in okay. this film. Oh no! So there used to be this old strongman trick, and let me mark this here because this is really when I read this, I'd never heard of anyone else talking about it. So my dad, okay, my adopted dad, back in his day, he was about your size. He was about six three. Okay, big guy, super strong guy. Uh, all the old timers in town used to talk about it, and he would. This is one of the tricks he would do. You would grab a sledgehammer by the very, very tippity end of the handle, and you would hold your arm out, and then I guess just using your wrist, if I'm understanding it right, you would lean it over and touch the head of that hammer on your nose, like an eight-pound sledge, and then straighten it back out. Yeah. So apparently that's super hard to do. Yeah. So on set one day, uh, uh, Jim Thorpe does this, okay? He does the trick. Sure. Errol Flynn sees him do it. So Errol Flynn, I, Flint, Flynn, Errol Flynn, I don't hate him. I guess he was a little bit of an alpha male, so he grabs it and he tries it. And as he tips it back, it just tips on over and it knocks him in the forehead and gives him a big goose egg. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, to the roaring laughter of Jim Thorpe. So with this still boiling in his brain, Errol Flynn later went out with a few buddies and got soused that same night. Afterwards... He and his pals went to a restaurant just off the studio grounds where Mr. Thorpe was having a drink. According to Jim's son, Frank, in the biography of Jim Thorpe, and this is a quote from him, uh, Errol came in half schnockered and saw Dad and took a swing at him and missed. Dad saw him coming, and when he threw the punch and missed, Dad popped him and knocked him out. Then, as Errol Flynn was lying on the ground, still dressed as General Custer from filming that day, Jim Thorpe leaned over him and said, Custer's crap is still weak. <laughs> that's awesome i love that story yeah that's awesome yeah if you don't think that story is is awesome and amazing and and super interesting i you're listening to the wrong podcast no that's that's awesome good I, job man i was cracking up as i was typing down those notes that was fantastic yeah that's cool man i'm glad you found that that that's <laughs> that's great that's why i'm set there, there's so many we could do this podcast for the next 20 years and never run out of cool things like that to find oh, yeah. little there's, gems yeah there's always yeah yeah that's awesome great story man okay so aside from this basically harmless but hilarious occurrence they died with their boots on did have its fair share of tragedy while filming so in the first days of filming 80 extras were injured and three were killed the first fatality was a horse rider who died of a heart attack in the saddle 
The second was a man named George Murphy who fell off his horse and broke his neck. The third death was a man named Ralph Budlong whose death occurred while filming the epic cavalry charge scene. Now, just like in the movie we talked about a while ago, as they were charging, Bulldogs, Bulldogs, Budlong, Bulldogs. <laughs> it looks like Bulldogs if you just glance at it, damn it. Budlong's horse stumbled and fell, and in the process of attempting to hold on, he tossed his sword to the ground. As fate would have it, guess what happened? Blade up. Blade up. Impaled him. Dang. Yes. He was rushed to Lebanon Hospital, but died from his injuries a few days later. Now, Errol Flynn himself told this exact same story in his autobiography, but for reasons I couldn't find in the autobiography, he changed the guy's name to Bill Mead. So a lot of a lot of things that you'll look up about the death that happened during this will say Bill Mead, but that's not accurate. It was actually uh, Bud Long. He might have just forgotten the name. I guess. Some, you know, some extra. I well, don't know. I mean, he probably... In his defense, he probably worked with a ton of people. I mean, it would be hard to keep all that straight. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're in like, it's talking about a charge of like soldiers. I mean, how so many, many guys got impaled on swords well, that I worked with. Well, I lost yeah. count. No, that's two though. Two is yeah. weird. You think you'd remember both of the, yeah, their names? You think so. How many but, people got impaled with you, you selfish bastard? But I mean, there could have been an alcohol thing there too. Oh yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. He did or a like lot of things. The sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this next one. All right. This is a hilarious. If you've never seen this movie, it's hilarious right out of the gate because John Wayne plays Genghis Khan. Oh, I, I've never seen it, but I know of it. The Conqueror. Yeah. I've never seen the full thing, but I've watched clips. Yeah. Because I just had to look up John Wayne as Genghis yeah. Khan. Yeah. I guess he's tired of being typecast. <laughs> so. Well, wait, this is early, though. Right. No, it's 1956. Oh, okay, well, he was already a star. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I bet it still got. I bet it still got. Um, a lot of people went and watched. It. In its day, it was successful, but it has since become known as one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it just doesn't. I mean, now we know enough to say there's a lot of Asian people in the world. I mean, maybe they should play that part. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, yeah. Kansai, Con, pilgrim. <laughs> what are you doing, John? Muay Thai, pilgrim. I think he's just saying Asian pilgrim. words he's heard. Kung Pao Genghis, chicken, pilgrim. I don't think Genghis Khan ever said pilgrim, John. <laughs> well, I bet he did. Pilgrim. He did in this movie. Hey, Dad, you want John Wayne to star in this piece of shit or not? <laughs> now give me my fake mustache. <laughs> Having said that, True Grit is an amazing movie. No, yeah, but, John Wayne was awesome. Shit. But I've read, and admittedly, for some reason, you ever just start a book and it's good, but for whatever reason, you just don't finish it. Yeah. The original True Grit, True Grit book is an amazing book. Really? Yeah, it's different than the John Wayne movie. It's more like the new Coen Brothers. The no new way. Coen. But it's it's a fantastic book. And it in the Is era, it like a Louis Lamore thing or not? Uh, sort of. Okay. okay. But it's uh someone that's kinda in that style. I forgot the, the author's name. But uh it's a based not really here, but south of here. It, it's uh it's kind of around the area. And okay. then over in Oklahoma, obviously. Cool. That's where they f- go to chase the cause back then it was a common thing. I read about this. You know, one problem I have with books is I'll start reading and I'll get a like a chapter in and then I'll 
stop it and go on the internet and research something that's from the book. <laughs> yeah. So I did read that a lot of people went into Indian territory to get away from the law and stuff. That makes so sense. So they had to send posses over there a lot to, to chase them and bring yeah. them back. You want to hear one of my favorite jokes? What's that? This is dad joke for all you guys. Okay. So the lone, I'm going to see if I can remember it. The Lone Ranger and Tonto, right? Okay. They're out in the, in the high desert and they get, the Lone Ranger gets trapped. Yeah. He gets tied to this tree by the enemy. Tonto's hiding over in the bush. So the Lone Ranger looks over him. You know what I'm about to say? No. He looks over at him and he whispers, you know, basically to go get help, right? Yeah. Tonto can't really see what he says, but he, he thinks he does, so he takes off. So about an hour later, here comes Tonto riding, and he's got about 20 horses with him with a beautiful woman on each horse. And the Lone <laughs> Ranger says, no, I said posse! That's kind of a dirty dad joke. Okay. That's kind of a... That's kind of a... <laughs> That's so, kind of like a, a, a drunk dad on the porch when you come home from the movies with your friends. Billy, get your ass up here and listen to this joke I heard on Don. I Hanks. heard this joke. I was going to tell you about it. <laughs> we just were so guilty. Lexi was like, Dad, you and Ivan tell dad jokes and do that <laughs> tea kettle laugh like every three minutes. Those, those. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> those are actually my favorite types of jokes. The ones like the, the just like. You know, kind of like a small shift in in the misunderstanding, <laughs> kind of like the proctologist. the The nurse comes in and she gives him a beer, and he said, "No, I said I wanted a butt light." <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, we're losing subscribers. No, we're not. I'm just we're kidding. Gaining I'm them. kidding. I'm kidding. No, but uh, I love that type of humor. Just I like do the, too. You know the the misunderstanding. That that's kind of cool. I got somebody. I may have been you. I got somebody a hilarious birthday card one time, and on the front it shows a guy holding a brown cake with flies all around it, and he's like making a horrible face. And on the inside it said, "No, I said sheet cake." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that was funny. So uh, I think it's funny. <laughs> the Conqueror, right? So uh, it's a 1956 historic, historical epic, and like I said, it bizarrely stars John Wayne as the infamous Genghis Khan. Now, despite being the big Hollywood uh, movie with these like big names, it, like John Wayne wasn't the only one. There were several, um, but it's been regularly work, uh, listed ab- amongst the worst movies of all time. So, aside from that bad luck, many, many associated. I can't talk. What's wrong with me? Associated with the film's production also suffered. So not on set during filming, like in many of our other stories, but long after. Uranium. Yes. Right? You called it. Oh, I've read about this. Yeah, by, keep okay, going. It's by, awesome. Sorry, by, I, I kind of took stole your No, thunder. not at all. Not at all. By 1981, out of the 220 cast and crew, nearly half had developed some sort of cancer. Many of the exterior shots were filmed on location near St. George, Utah. This is 137 miles downwind of the government's Nevada test site where extensive above-ground nuclear weapons testing had occurred as part of Operation Upshot Knothole just three years earlier. That's right, Operation Upshot Knothole. That and sounds then like later a, on, they moved to Trinity and into White Sands, New Mexico. So, yeah, they started off in Utah, and then they moved. Yeah. They went and spread the wealth, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I've, and then they moved out in the Pacific and... Bikini Atoll and all that stuff. Yeah, that's the one I knew about. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah, I read. I I got into a time of my life where I was reading about that stuff a lot. It's crazy. Especially out by the Atoll. Did you know that they would put ships out there and to, to see 
the effects. Yeah, I've seen the videos. They would put live goats and yeah. pigs. It's yeah. sad. Well, dude. I didn't see the videos, with, but I've read about some of that stuff. Just like Great. put a monkey in a cage and yes. see what it does to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> that's not my type of science. Uh, you know what's so, this is so strange. Just despri- I'm surprised I've never talked to you about this before. Like one of the richest uranium deposits in the world is in Australia, in this plane in Australia. And then the native people that live around there way before, you know, there's no way they could have known it was there. But but the legends, you know, way before they dug down and even found any, they had local legends where they were like, in this valley, if you dig down, there's a sleeping dragon. And if you awake the dragon, you know, and they even talked about stuff like chain reactions, which that's what, that's what a... Uh, atomic That's explosion is. is yeah and like energy from the rocks and there's a bunch of stuff i, I need to research and bring it back to the podcast because there's a bunch of stuff they said about that which they they never could have known because it's like way down deep and you have to actually take it and enrich it in in order for it to be dangerous at all like you could just hold the rock in your hand that it comes from the ore and it's fine right so, so how it's they... such a crazy thing damn how would they know when nigel came back and his ass was glued. <laughs> It's the craziest that I ever saw. By the way, I can't let this joke pass by without making it Operation Upshot Not Hole. That has a triple X rating. Come on. Oh, that sounds like yeah. something right off of... All right, anyway. Well, let me look that up real fast. Yeah, no, <laughs> not on my computer, you yeah. don't. No, 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 no. I don't want to clear my history again. Okay, so director Dick Powell, who, by the way, is an Arkansas native, he died of cancer 10 years after filming there. Actor Pedro Armendariz committed suicide that same year after learning that he had terminal cancer. And then the 1970s came around and saw the the cancer-related deaths of Susan Hayward, Agnes Moorhead, and most famously John Wayne, while actor John Hoyt died of cancer in 1991. Sidebar, John Wayne was like a three- or four-pack-a-day smoker, but he did not die of lung cancer. Yeah, yeah. It was stom- crazy. stomach cancer, I believe. They figured it was... I mean, it's probably in your notes, but they figured it was like a dust, a radioactive dust over that entire desert, right? I didn't really get into that super. Yeah, it seems like I, I read somewhere that after, even to this day, you can go and Geiger counters will light up there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I want a Geiger counter. I know. You talked about that on last... You need yeah. to get one, man. Yeah, I need, I need to get one. Even many of the actors' friends and family members who visited the location while filming were diagnosed with cancer, including two of John Wayne's sons, Patrick and Michael and also Susan Hayward's son, Tim Barker. Another cast member and crew, uh, many other, I'm sorry, cast member who were diagnosed with a wide variety of cancers. Now, I must note here that typically leukemia is the main cancer associated with exposure to nuclear fallout, and the deaths I looked up were all other types of cancer. While John Wayne has, a, like I said, he was a four-pack-a-day smoker. He died from stomach cancer. Susan Hayward died of brain cancer. Dick Powell died of lung cancer. And Pedro Armanderas had neck cancer. Now, it's also been argued that the cancer rate among the cast and crew is no higher than that of the average population, the average rate. But that's bullshit because I looked it up. And according to the National Cancer Institute, about 0.5% of the U.S. population is diagnosed with some form of cancer each year. While the numbers tell us that about 41% of the cast and crew of The Conqueror got cancer. Yeah, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah, so whoever said, (laughs) I think it's about... um, it yeah. runs about the rate of average. Yeah, not I'd like close. to. Yeah, if that's a study, I'd like to look at that close, more closely. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. So the next one, and this one is—I mean, they're all tragic, but this one is particularly tragic because this—this this was a a Soviet, a Russian movie. Okay. 
And uh, it's called Flower on the Stone. So actress Ina Berdichenko lost her life while filming this. And it was the film started out, and this is a theme we'll see later on. For some reason, after a tragedy happens, they'll change the name of the film. Oh, okay. In this case, it's to disassociate themselves with it, and then we'll read a case later where they actually capitalize on someone's death and cash in on it and change the name. It's pretty sick. Oh, yeah. But this film started out being called Thus Nobody Loved in 1962. So Ina was three months pregnant at the time and was filming a scene inside a set of barracks that was on fire. She became trapped inside and was badly burned and died in the hospital two weeks later. The film's original director was tried and convicted for negligence, and a new director stepped in to finish the film. The name was then changed to Flower on the Stone. Hmm. Wow. This one is one suggested by Ivan. I don't know how I missed it because I was like, notes are done. And then he asked me about this one. This is a really interesting one, but we talked about it earlier. Flight of the Phoenix. Yeah, fantastic movie. So everyone's probably heard of it. Um, I know they redid it in 2004, but I'm talking about the 1956 film. That that, uh, remake's not bad. It's not. I watched it as well. Yeah, Quaid. Yeah. Um, Which Quaid? It was Dennis. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Yep. Um, Few people know someone actually died while making the 1956 version. So on July 8th, and well, I must have typed it wrong because I put 65, but it was 56. Stunt pilot Paul Mance was flying a very unconventional aircraft that had been built specifically for the film called the Tamance Phoenix P-1. This is what Ivan was talking about a while ago uh, because of the plot of the movie that they have to kind of take the parts of their crashed airplane and cobble together a new plane. Yeah. Basically, I think what they do is they cut the fuselage off and they join the other wing to the first wing. So they have still have two engines and and two wings. Or no, one engine and two wings. That's what they, that's what Yeah, it don't is. they put the wings on the engine? Yeah, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, I don't know where the pilot. And they kind of improvise a little like a cockpit that's kind of off to one side. Yeah. Or something like that. I forgot exactly how it works. Or maybe maybe that part they didn't cut off. Or I forgot how it worked. But, um, yeah, so he was flying that, right? He was flying this thing. Yeah. So while he was flying it, he was skimming over the desert filming location in Arizona, and he struck a small hill and lost control of the aircraft. So as he was attempting to regain control, the aircraft actually broke in two and crashed into the ground, pilling, killing Paul instantly. His co-pilot... I can't talk. I just need to slow down. Oh, you're good. I need to be calm. Co-pilot Bobby Rose was seriously injured but survived. A subsequent FAA investigation found that Mance had consumed alcohol before the flight and was in an impaired state at the time of the crash. In the final credits of the flight of the Phoenix, a tribute was added reading, It should be remembered that Paul Mance, a fine man and brilliant flyer, gave his life in the making of this film. That's right. I remember reading that when I was a kid. I didn't remember the name, but I remember that's how I knew, I guess, that he died. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Great movie. Great movie. Check it out. Another suggested. There we go. We we always talk about that we want to do like a like a section, you know. Here's today's or yeah, here's this week's you know, watching. Technically I've already suggested like eight movies. Yeah, you have. So yeah, I should, I should stop. Have. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we we've done that for a while, I guess. Yeah. If you've got a spare <laughs> sixteen hours, watch all these movies we suggested. Well, maybe out of all of them, one of them might be something that somebody wants to watch. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know out of mine. 
Oh yeah, I want to. I want to watch the the Lloyd one. I can't, you know. The, oh, safety the, last. Yeah, safety last. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. So anyone who's seen the old black and white TV westerns like Rawhide and Bonanza have seen actor Eric Fleming. He played the lead role of trail boss Gil Favor in Rawhide for six years and guest starred on Bonanza for several episodes as well. Yeah, I can see that guy's face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was super, super well-known back then. Yeah. In 1966, he was hired to star opposite Nico Minardos in the ABC miniseries High Jungle. On September 28th, while filming on location in Peru, Fleming and Minardos were being filmed floating down the Haluga River in a dugout canoe when it suddenly capsized. Minardos was able to swim to safety, but Eric Fleming was swept away by a current and drowned. The 41-year-old's body wasn't found until three days later. Now, after this tragedy, the film was scrapped, but some photographs of production do still exist. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. If I was a younger man, I would be like, I'm going to look that up, see if I can see it. But now I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. Yeah. You know, have you changed like that, too? Yes, you know what started all this, what started the whole idea to even do this episode was when Cody told me to look up, and we're going to talk about it at length in the next episode, but he come out one day to work and he's like, hey, I don't even know what we were talking about, but he was like, you need to look up uh, that movie death that happened while they were filming the Twilight Zone movie. And so... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You can look, I don't, wouldn't recommend it, I did, but you can get on YouTube and you can look and watch and you can see actor Vic Morrow and two children die on camera. You can see, and I'm not exaggerating, you can see their heads cut off. There's a breakdown of one, uh, there's a breakdown that they do where they do frame by frame. So what's happening is, and we'll get into this I'm just really, really, really quick, only because that's it's what uh, inspired this this episode that we're doing. Uh, he's running, holding these two children across a body of water, like a little pond or something, and there's a helicopter hovering over, over them. The helicopter loses control, crashes down, and literally beheads Vic Morrow and one of the children, and it crushes the other one to death. So there is a breakdown of this where it goes frame by frame, and you can see... Both of their heads in one frame are on their body, and the next frame, both of their heads are about two feet above their body. I wouldn't suggest watching it because it's one of those deals where you're like, after you watch it, you're like, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. It's that, very strange. That's why I quit watching that stuff, like Rotten.com. Yeah, stuff. that's not cool, man. It'd like stick with me yeah. for days, and <laughs> it's like one of those things It took me a while to realize it. You know, I'd be like, man, that's weird. I feel weird. And then <laughs> then the next night I'd be on it again. And then one day I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, I'm watching shotgun suicides. That's not that's not good. You're just there's some things that you're not supposed to see. So my hat's off to like first responders and cops. And yeah, people because that- it's like it's like the same reason I don't. This is a very, 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 very. I can't say very enough times mild example but like i wouldn't be a kindergarten teacher because the tying the shoes and the wiping the nose and being like being so caring to those kids like that's just not my personality so like everyone should have a job that fits their personality yeah and i'm not saying it's easy for them but there are people that can cope with that better than than i think you or i so that's why they do it like the emergency responders and stuff like that you know yeah so it's not for everyone, and I'm so glad there's people that 
that sacrifice to do it for us. I mean, no, we don't talk about that enough. Um, you know, there's not enough hours in the day to be thankful vocally to everyone that does something that you wouldn't do, but you know, just be glad they're there, I guess. Well, back in the fifties, my dad was, he ran a wrecker. Oh yeah. And he had a few stories for me because I guess a lot of times he would actually get there. I don't know if he had a scanner. I, I believe he had a scanner at the time or something. But he would get to an accident or to a scene or whatever before anyone else. There was a, a few times that he did. And one of the times he told me, uh, I don't think he got there before anyone else uh, at, at, on the, at this occurrence. But what happened was, and I, I love stories like this because you, uh, you we just need to close our eyes and picture this. Because, okay, so it's like the mid-50s, right? So mm-hmm. right, off the, right off the bat, picture like an early 50s sedan, like the big shoebox cars. Oh, yeah. Picture that, and this couple had parked somewhere, and it was cold. I think he said it was November or early December, and they were doing some hanky-panky. Because believe it or not, every generation wants to believe that they invented sex. People have been having sex ever since there's been people. You think? Yeah. And I know that's obvious because no, I know. I, that's I, how the human... I, I smell what you're stepping in. I get what you're saying. Yeah. People have been doing it for a long time. In every way possible, we ain't invented nothing. We're not innovative. Okay, folks? Anyway... <laughs> So this couple, it's the mid-50s, this couple parks their car, leaves it running, takes their clothes off and get in the back, and they're doing what teenagers do. Okay. Then they fall Playing asleep. Playing cards, right? <laughs> rummy. Gen Rummy, I believe it was. They fall asleep back there. Well, it's the mid-50s, and this old car that they're in, I guess, has a little exhaust leak in the car. It's running, right? Because it's mm. cold. They left a heater going. So they both die. They asphyxiate in there. And... uh it's found, and my dad showed up, I guess, while they were pulling the kids out. And uh, so that was a, a pretty interesting story of yeah, his. Yeah, yeah. Another That's, one was a, a, a guy actually rough. got uh, decapitated in, in a wreck. That was a pretty crazy one. But anyway, he saw some crazy stuff. I don't know what Yeah, that yeah, that is crazy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, earlier I said you'd be surprised at some of the things in which people have died while filming. Well, I mentioned a commercial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... This, that was intriguing when you said that. Yeah, th- this was a Pontiac car commercial. In 1967, they were filming it in Sherman Oaks, California. So a shot was set up to capture footage of this car whizzing by the, ca- the camera. So to do this, another car fitted with a camera boom that hung to the side would drive towards the Pontiac while it traveled in the opposite direction. In other words, what people do on highways a million times every day everywhere, right? You, you, mm-hmm. you pass by each other. However, the cars ended up too close to each other. And the camera boom crashed into the Pontiac's windshield, killing both cameraman Rafael John Esposito and actress Brenda Lee Mensenheimer. I just wonder if they wanted to get it so close to where, like I said before, where they just wanted to, and like you said before, like to where they could, you know, it was like an exciting shot. Yeah, and they got a little more than they bargained for. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so this yeah, one is, a, this is kind of the, this is the only one I've found so far that, Ended up exploiting the death. Oh, yeah, yeah. And go, kind of a Go on this way. one. Yeah, I want to hear about this one. So this movie, Kane, C-A-I-N-E, is a 1969 action film starring Burt Reynolds and Sylvia Pinal. Okay. So while filming in Manzanillo, Mexico, stuntman Jose Marco was mauled to death by a shark. There's two stories I'm going to mark right here. One story is that the shark was behind this protective netting and broke through it and killed him. Yeah. And the other story was 
that the shark was supposed to be sedated while they were like moving it or something and it and it like woke up and and killed him so it's either one of those two yeah the attack was captured on film and even prompted a photo spread in Life magazine and the production company wanting to cash in on the tragedy changed the name of the film to Shark. Really? Yes, that's real. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I got to add, though, that the director of the film, Sam Fuller, who had already been signed to do a four-picture deal with this, did not want to have anything to do with that part and he actually he backed out and requested that his name be totally disassociated with the film so with him being gone the movie ended up being kind of like slapped together with existing footage and released anyway but uh yeah so to sam fuller's credit he was like i don't want anything to do with this isn't that crazy you know movies movie is an art form you know film is art right yeah but can you imagine like someone working on like the like Leonardo da Vinci working on Mona Lisa or whatever. And like he gets mad, like he has a partner and he gets mad and he's like, well, I'm done with this. And he just like leaves. And so then somebody comes in with like another paint set (laughs) and just like finishes it. It's like the only art that someone could like do that to, you know? Yeah. Well, they did. Didn't they? (laughs) Was it the, was it the roof of the Sistine Chapel where they came in later on and painted clothes over a lot of the nude oh, figures. Oh yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, that's not exactly what you said because he didn't quit, but that's someone else coming in and just. Okay, so on. I guess you can do that to that art, but I guess any art can be pissed on. <laughs> yeah, so I stand corrected. <laughs> what if they just would have painted black squares over their privates instead yeah. of clothes or something? Yeah, like censored, right? Censor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would at least be. At least it wouldn't cover up like the as much, you know. It would, yeah, because clothes cover up a lot. Yeah, I've always thought that. No, just kidding. I'm closet go- nudist. <laughs> I've always thought clothes were unnecessary. <laughs> no, they're so necessary. <laughs> they are. They're so necessary. Yeah. Have you seen uh, testicles? Yeah, <laughs> clothes are necessary. Have you ever have you ever been stepping out of the shower and caught a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and been like, "Oh, my wife oh. is a, my wife is a real trooper. God bless her. God bless her." Oh, I feel I'm gonna go give her a kiss, and if she wants it, if she <laughs> not for my naked ugly ass. There is nothing worse in this world than a nude middle aged man. Oh, I feel bad for every woman who who's married to one of us. <laughs> I do. Oh yeah, my you thought God. the dad jokes were bad. You should see dad bod. Uh, Twice as bad. There's some women that love that. I actually, Are there? Well, I mean, I actually know <laughs> a, a lady personally. Now, don't get any ideas. Of, what now? Uh, she is, when we were just kind of hanging out, like, on the patio, she was talking about, like, how much she liked that. In, no, in front right. in front of me and my wife, it wasn't like she's coming on to me or whatever. Right. She's like, people think that's gross, but, you know, and she went on and on. I don't want to quote her. Well, a guy with a pot belly and no ass is just right up my alley. It's basically my response was like, <laughs> that is, you know, but, but in, in her defense, like I can think of things that I like on a woman that are less that are not desirable by other guys. Goiters for one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Come yeah. on. I'll put baby oil on one of those things. Yeah. Uh, I'll take it to dinner. Uh, putrid mole on the neck. I don't mind that. <laughs> no. 
something. I like a lot of skin tags myself. Oh, the more yeah. the better. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, tag it up. Tag it up. Let's play Hashtag. tag. <laughs> There's those dad jokes again. I'm I'm, oh. I'm 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 getting rid of this thing. I'm I'm unsubscribing right now. So the, this is the last one for the night. Okay. And then we'll part two this baby and probably right. part three. All right. This is a Thai film and it's called NC Thong, which I don't know if I, I doubt Thong is the, what we think of. That thong, 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 thong. Yeah, I don't think it's that. <laughs> baby, let your booty go. Yeah. So this Thai film was uh, made in 1970 and it lost its star actor when Meter Chibanka, I guess, was killed during a helicopter stunt. On the final day of shooting, Meter was supposed to grab a rope ladder hanging from a helicopter after which the chopper would take off, dangling him high in the air. However, Meter barely managed to grab the lowest rung. Unaware of this, the chopper pilot gained altitude anyways, and Meter soon lost his grip and fell to his death. This was obviously captured on film because it was part of an actual filmed scene, but guess what? The film of his death was included in the theatrical version how, was he in the star yes so, so what how'd they play that off made him land on some boxes or something i don't know i didn't i didn't look into it and i didn't find oh, the they footage. Probably, maybe they cut the part or you're saying the part where he fell is in the movie from what i read the part of him falling from the helicopter ladder to the ground was included in the theatrical release well, you but, know you know how sometimes they you know well a lot of times film uh movies aren't filmed in order so right. it could have been one of those things to where, like, he falls off, it falls down, and and then they have an earlier scene where he, would like, walks into a restaurant. So they don't even explain it. He's just like, hey, I thought that guy fell. And he's like, <laughs> hello. All better now. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to acknowledge that. Well, it was, rec- it was included in the uh, 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 theatrical release, but not in the DVD version. I don't know why that I needed to say that, but I just thought it was weird. So if you're wanting to buy the DVD for that, don't do it. It's not on there. Yeah. Can we do an honorable mention? Let's do it. So this, and we're jumping way ahead because I was going to go in chronological order and we started at silent film and we're up to like 1970, but I got to jump ahead because I just got to tell you guys All about right, this because it's so freaking crazy. Yeah, I'm ready. Michael J. Fox. Okay. Teen Wolf. Okay. Someone and, die in that? No. Someone oh. had their wiener out. Uh-uh. Hand to gird. Okay, oh, I might check that one out. Listen to... <laughs> I'm all over that. Yes. The very end of the movie where he's won the big game and every everyone's so happy, right? The very end of it where he, I believe, Michael runs over to... Or maybe she runs over to him. Anyway, it's where they're hugging. Look behind them in the stands... Of the people standing and cheering, I'm not kidding. Look up, look it up on your phone right now, man. I will. Look it up on your phone right now, man. There's a guy stands up, schlonces out. You can see him tuck it back in his pants and zip his pants up. I have watched it, my friend. Why did that stay in? That's what I. That's what she said. But that's what I'd like <laughs> to know also. How did that make it? <laughs> Where did Michael Scott come into our podcast? <laughs> Sorry. No, sorry. no, I'm joking. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I you go ahead. I haven't found it yet. But okay, just put end uh, werewolf, Teen Wolf end scene, and uh, you'll see he's to the left. Look directly to the left of the actors, and I can't remember if it's uh, Michael J. Fox and the girl or whatever, but they're hugging each other. Look directly to their left, and you will see. He my, f- my phone's loading slow, but okay. I mean, I, I see. 
He fumbles around, tucks it back in, and zips up. That's yeah, what it, I mean, I see where it says that it is. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if anyone really wants to watch that, but <laughs> it was an honorable mention. It's not a death. It's not an injury, but it's something that like, how did that make it through? How did that make it through post-production and editing? <laughs> There's like a 50-step process. Did you watch it yet? Wait a second. Wait a second. Did you see it? Yeah, but. What? Don't you butt me. What? What? Teen Wolf what? Wang Out is actually a woman. What? Family guy was wrong. What? Yeah, hang on. That's not a woman. Let me play it and see. It's not a woman. See if it's going to explain it. We're, um, we're not on YouTube live, so they can't pull us for for me playing this. Let, let me, it's loading. It's Dude, that does not, look like a, does not look like a woman to me. The screen capture just showed a woman standing there in red, like cheering. No, no, it's not in red. That lady? Okay, hold on. We're looking. She's looking over. She's there's the asshole guy. No, I don't like you. I'm walking over to. Michael it might J. be Fox. something different. Okay, hold on. I'm looking now. They're kissing. Now here in a second, it should be to their left. Okay, it shows him. I know this is so thrilling and exciting for the people listening right now. What's well, at the end? So it's only the end, only the true blue fans are still here. True with blue, us. Donna Mantis. True blue. I didn't see it. Hmm. Well, it only has 322 views, so maybe that guy's wrong. Maybe it was at the very end where it's not Michael J. Fox and her hugging, but that go back to that very last. Here, here's a here's something from the AV Club. Okay, go ahead. Uh, uh, on its thirtieth on its thirtieth anniversary, debunking Teen Wolf's greatest rumor. Yes, it's the penis thing. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm gonna skip down. Um, so why would a woman have slacks on and that were? Here's here's what I know. The person has slacks on that are unzipped, very obviously unzipped. I think they're saying that they were unzipped. I think I don't think they're denying and that. And they tuck something, whether it be a wiener or a shirt, into the slacks and then zip it up. What I think they're saying is is I think the the pants came unbuttoned and it was a woman and she just she just tucked it in. Can you play that last just the last 10 seconds of it cuz that's where it's at. It's not it's not with Michael J Fox and the his girlfriend. It's after that, where it shows everyone in the stands. Well, see, that's what they're referring to, right? Yes. Okay, so look, I there's a screen capture of that from before. And hang on a second. See, look at the top left-hand side. It okay. might be a woman. What? Okay, hold on. Can we go play this? Yeah, that's what I just played you. Oh, it is? Yeah. I don't know. We're we'll have to do our homework. We'll be We're, back yeah. next week. This is the cliffhanger. We did this on purpose. <laughs> this is the Wang hanger. No, I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> for the next week, people are gonna be like, Was it a wiener or not? Come on, Joe and Ivan. We have to wait a whole week. God. You could almost you could Google that yourself. Yeah, I can there's watch a pretty it. good article on A V Club about it. Hey, we're gonna dangle that carrot for you next oh! week. <laughs> see what I did there. Y'all see what you did. Okay. Uh, that's all for us this week. We'll talk to you guys next time. Hey, remember to treat each other with kindness and be a quality person. That's right. That's right. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
you find it interesting when people disappear or alien abductions with a probe in their rear. If you enjoy strange stories or messed up news, I think we might just have the podcast for you. Yeah, we talk about things like the haunted spook life, which phobia makes you lie awake at night, and crazy ass murders that are still, still unsolved. unsolved. We even did one on a haunted doll. So are we, and our topics are a very wide variety. You can always check us out at DonnaMandis.com. We don't mean to brag, but we're You can also follow us on Twitter at Dawn of Mantis. Listen to the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts.